Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today to Free Thinking with Montel. Hope you've been having a great time and making sure you've been staying safe. And I hope more and more of you are going out and telling others to go out and get the vaccine. All of a sudden, it seems like we have just kind of slowed down in understanding that without all of us participating, none of us are really going to be safe. And so, you know, let's try to figure out a way. I know for some people, this is a, you know, political issue. I know for some people, this is a personal issue. Look, I mean, we've never had an issue with wearing seatbelts. We haven't had an issue with taking a polio vaccine. Um, We ended scourges in the last 50, 60 years. It's time for us to continue to end this scourge. And the only way we can do it is, is if all of us are vaccinated. We already see the numbers in the United States are going down on a daily basis based on the number of people who have been going out and getting their vaccination. And I know people don't want to hear from celebrities. You want to hear my mouth. Well, listen to your friends, you know, if you uh, listen to your, your parents, listen to your your wife, your husband, your, your best friend, listen to them. And they're going to tell you that as much as you think it's about you, it's about all of us. It took all of us to get here. It's going to take all of us to get us out of here. So please, please, please skip over all the silliness. Let's forget the arguments about whether or not. It's valid. It's not. It's a. It's an opportunity to put, you know, implants and robots inside of people. Stop with the silly, please. Let's just focus on making sure that within the next two to three months we can all get back to a normal life, and we can do so if more of us get vaccinated. So, keep that in mind. But look, thanks so much for tuning in to Free Thinking Today with Montel, and our guest today is a six-time author, including Amazon top seller, Dead Soldier: Story of the Living. He's a filmmaker, an actor, a certified life coach and confidence coach, and an Army combat veteran. He holds a bachelor's uh, in criminal justice and a master's in business administration. He's honed his science of life coaching and confidence coaching and has designed a self-development program for military service members transitioning to civilian life. He was announced as one of the top 20 most influential people in 2020 by multiple media platforms. Even with his extensive academic and professional background, he considers himself a continuous learner and believes that his journey as a life coach and public speaker has brought immense meaning and satisfaction to his life. Camilo Rodriguez, thanks so much for being a member and being a part of Free Thinking with Montella today, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Let's talk a little bit about your book, uh, you know, which I think, you know, it's got such a surprising title, Dead Soldiers, Story of the Living. But it's the story of you. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I'm blown away because I, I, I'm trying to tease this with people who are watching. But first off, let's back up. How long did you serve in the military? I spent about five years in service. Five years were you deployed? Yes. Tell me a little bit about your deployments. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Iraq. Um, I, uh, I was a combat soldier. Uh, from there, about 10 months in, they said, hey, you're going. Um, so I spent about, uh, 18 months overseas in total. Um, and then after that, then I volunteered for a second deployment to Afghanistan, uh, wasn't fully successful. You know, I got injured and they, uh, they sent me home. What's your injury? What did you, how'd you get injured? I didn't see anything about that. Um, I ingested uh, a bunch of chemicals from, uh, from an explosion and it, uh, it burned small holes in my lungs. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So you were, you were... St- deep in it while you were there, both places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You know, I mean, as you as you look back on that, I know you draw upon those life experiences as part of what you use to help motivate people. Um, but, you know, how you yourself deal with some of the memories and some of the toughness. I mean, I, I don't think anybody leaves theater without, you know, a taste of PTSD themselves. And I'm sure that there are times when, you know, those memories, you know, creep up in the dark while you're trying to rest. How do you cope with that yourself? Um, initially, when I uh, when I first got out, it was difficult. Um, I went through my fair share of nightmares and, you know, just like every other combat soldier, you go through your fair share of, you know, family issues. But um, I ended up finding friendship within a veteran community. Uh, it was actually a bunch of Vietnam vets at the VFWs around my area. And that helped a lot because um, they went through their own issues. And now they see a youngster coming in with the same issues that they initially had. So, you know, to pass all of those learning lessons over, you know, it was a blessing for me. And so you feel like you're dealing with it fairly well right now? Absolutely. Sharing with, you, with as many events as you can? Absolutely. Sure. So now, so you got out, talk a little bit about that transition for you, getting out of the service and going back into civilian life. Okay. So um, as soon as I got out, I got accepted into uh, Penn State University um, on a scholarship which was, I thought initially it was awesome. But once I realized um, being in the dorms wasn't for me because I was, I went from a leadership position while in the service to now I'm just a student. So it was hard to swallow. And I decided that it was best if I uh, transferred universities to go something, go to somewhere that was more uh, veteran friendly, that had more veterans involved and, you know, that worked out very, very well. Mm. Where did you have the transfer to? Uh, Berkeley. Ah, okay. Yes. yes. And I'm sure that the veteran community there, deeply entrenched, that was a good support mechanism for you, right? Very, very welcoming. And it was great. It was it was like I had my own uh, veteran community all over again. And what did you study first? I studied criminal justice. Mm-hmm. So what was, it, I mean, what was the plan? What was the, what was the plan behind that? I, I had no idea. You know, um, it was closest to anything that I did in the military. So that was that was the only thing that I had going on at the time. And then um, I bounced around for a little while to try to figure out if criminal justice was even for me. You know, I studied, uh, I got into religious studies just to see if that was interesting enough. You know, and I went back to, to criminal justice and whatever I did, I ended up going back to criminal justice. So I felt that, you know, that was that was it for me. Calling? Huh? Did you look for employment in that in that in the ranks of criminal justice? Yeah, I actually um, I was a private contractor for a while, and then from there I uh, I was employed by a federal prison system. And how did that work out for you? That, <laughs> that must have been tough, right? Um, there was a lot of back and forth. You know, you had your days that it was it was really really hard, and then other days, you know, you had a full team that had your back. You know, and you know, those were blessings. And you just, you, you have to take it day by day, just like any other job. Okay. And then you, you went from there and you decided to go back to school to get your MBA? Yes. So while I was, while I was in the, um, the bachelor's program, I was already talking with, uh, with the counselors to try to get my, uh, my MBA to see, 
you know, if it was a good option for me. And uh, close to graduation, they said, hey, you know, let's let's see. Let's see what everything looks like and let's see if um, if it's good for you, if it fits you, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, once I got into the program or once I got into the federal prison system, that's when they told me, hey, yeah, this is it for you. Good. Yeah. So now what was the plan behind that? You said you wanted to get an MBA, but, you know, were you thinking that I'm going to get in the business or the own self business or what? I was thinking administration, mm -hmm. you know, and then move up within the government ranks and, and see where that took me. So that was that was the initial plan. Were you married at the time? No, no. OK, no. so so that was about how many years ago was this now? We're, we're talking uh 2016 17 16 okay so now you're moving along marching along smartly you're uh, clearly you were uh able to get some benefits out of your disability correct yes okay and now did you get when did you get married um i got married right before i joined the military okay okay yeah. all right and all right so then well, you got married before you got you joined the military, before yes. you went to college. Okay, I'm so sorry. All right, so you were married while you were going to college. I got married uh, before I joined the military and uh, started the uh, divorce process. Uh, okay. Got out of, you know, the military. Got so it. I was going through that college transition and a divorce process. You know, it, like I said, a lot of veterans, they, they kind of go through this. Um, imbalancement once they get out because then it comes into what comes into play is now I don't have a career. Now I'm trying to find my, my footing again, you know, and you know, what's best for me at the time. So it was a lot. Gotcha. Okay. So you're transitioning now. When, when did you, so, so let me see, when was it that you received your wife received the letter or you received the letter? Uh, initially it was, uh, it was my, my ex-wife. Your ex-wife. Yes. And, and what happened? Tell me about this. <laughs> All right. So um, around that time frame, we were going through a, a riot in the federal prison system. So it was a complete lockdown. And while that's happening, you put all of your electronics into lockers. And uh, you don't get them until afterwards. So I got back from the lockdown, opened up my locker, and I received like 100 phone calls, like 100 text messages. And it was just insane. It was absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And I start listening to the the uh, voicemails and they were all saying the same thing. Oh my God, I can't believe this is true. I can't believe this is happening. You know, uh, please tell me that's not true. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? So I start calling. Wait, wait, what, what year is this? This was uh, 2000, end of 2016. 16, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then um, I start calling my family. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh my God, you're okay. We, um, your your ex-wife, she received notification that you you passed away. And I'm like, what? You know. And I'm like, you know, me and her, we were going through our time. So I was like, she's just, you know, she's just acting out, whatever it was, you know. And you know, person by person, they were all saying about the same thing. And so I got home. You know, grab the mail, go run upstairs, and I'm surfing through my metal mail, and then I received a letter from the from the VA myself, and I open it up, and it says to the estate of, 
Carmelo Rodriguez. Wait, wait. The letter was was sent to Carmelo Rodriguez saying to the estate of Carmelo Rodriguez. <laughs> That's insane. Yes, yes. So I'm reading the letter. I'm reading the letter and it's saying, you know, uh, sorry for the sorry for the death. You know, we sympathize, so on and so forth. So I thought wait, that- you're saying sorry for the death of me? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm reading this letter and I'm like, this is hilarious. I mean, because so many, so many vets, they go through their fair share of tribulations with, you know, uh, through the administration for a while. You know, there was a lot of back and forth. So I laughed it off. I thought it was funny, you know, and I kind of just like, I kind of like brushed it off. And, you know, the next day, you know, I actually, what I did was I took a video and I send it to uh, to a girlfriend of mine at the time, and I was like, "Hey, you check this stuff, check this out." And she was in the military, and she was like, "You better get on that right now." And I'm like, "Wow, whatever." I was like, I- I'll-, "I'll do it tomorrow." And she's like, "You better get on that right now." I'm like, "All right, all right." So I waited till the next day, mm. <laughs> and um. So I, I I ended up going downstairs, surfed through the mail again, and I received uh, a survival benefits check to the estate of yes. And then I'm like, okay, this is a problem. So I called the administration and I'm like, hey, um, I've been receiving notifications about my my death. You know what is going on? And the lady on the phone immediately was like. Um, we're gonna have to call you back. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I've just been on hold for like an hour. And now you're gonna tell me that you're gonna have to call me back. And she was like, I'm sorry, I've never done this. You know, I've never had a phone call like this. We're gonna have to call you back. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I didn't receive a phone call, you know, and I went through my day or whatever. You know, it took a couple of days and then I received a call. And uh, I think it was like the, an attorney at the time reached out to me and was like, hey, um, this is what you have to do. And I'm like, okay, no Wait, problem. An attorney from the VA? Yes. They reached out and they said, hey, go to the regional office in Manhattan and we'll square your away. It'll be good in like two weeks. Everything will be cleared up in like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, easy enough. So as I'm, as I'm running out the door, I surf through them. I grab the mail. And I surfed through it and I received two more letters. One was a funeral benefits check. And another one was the, um, they're going to cut off all of my benefits. And then I start freaking out and I'm like, oh my God, now I have to go. So I called the girlfriend and I'm like, hey, this is a situation. And she was like, I told you to call when, you know, and I'm like, I, I think that this was already in play. This was already in the process of, of happening. So I head down to the office, I head down to the, uh, the regional office and I'm like, Hey, um, this is what I have going on. And the clerk was like, we, we need to see identification. I'm like, okay. So I give him my ID and he looks at me and he said, I need to see more. And I'm just like pulling everything out of my, out of my wallet. I think I gave him like five forms of identification. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to take all of this to my supervisor. And then the supervisor come and is like, so this is really you, huh? <laughs> like I'm standing right here in front of you, man. So I had to write a testimony. 
I wrote the testimony and I uh, I gave it to them. And he was like, okay. Testimony in form of like an affidavit. Yes. So I gave them I gave them everything. Um and then they uh they started making copies and I was like, no, 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 no. I want my original documents. And they looked at me and they were like, okay. You know, so they gave me all of my information, all of my original documents. And at the time, you know, I was I was videoing the process out of out of humor because I'm like, I can't believe the VA is actually doing this. You know, so um, my buddies, I became like a pun. They were like, oh, you're like a dead man. You could like do whatever you want. And, you know, it's just vets, you know, and they're like, you could do whatever you want. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Cut it out. So um, two weeks later, I receive another letter. This was from the Department of Education. Sorry, uh, sympathizing for my death. And I'm like, oh my God, how is this? I'm like, oh my God, how is this happening again? So I reach out to them, no response. And I'm like, crap. And then I get another letter a day later. You know, so this was an ongoing process. And before I know it, every single agency that needed to know that I am deceased now knows that I am deceased. Have you sent out notices like the Social Security to everybody? Every single agency. And now I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do? So um, I'm going through this process with uh, with my ex-wife. You know, um, we were going through the courts or whatever. And now they're starting to receive notifications. The court's getting a notification that you're dead? <laughs> holy moly. So, you know, so now this is, like I said, this was a spiraling process. And um, it got to the point that, you know, after work, I'm like, I'm going to go get something to eat. So, you know, I go to the store, you know, around the corner from, from where I live and I start uh, purchasing stuff, decline, decline. And I'm like, I just got paid today. And my buddy's like, you ain't got no money, buddy. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, use my credit card, decline. And I'm like, this, this can't be happening. It's a Friday. It's already in the evening. You already know that the banks are closed. And I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm reaching out to customer service and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. Same thing. You're gonna have to come down to our office to figure out what's going on because we're getting fraud alerts on your end. So, um, yeah. So then I started reaching out to attorneys because now this is, this is really becoming a, a, an issue. And as much as people sympathize, they can't help me. All of them, they tell me the same thing. They're like, man, this is so crazy. This is such a bizarre story, but you're going against the government. You're going against all of these agencies. How are you gonna win this? How are you gonna win this? And I keep, and I just tell them, I tell them over and over and over again, I just want my life back. That's it. I'm not, I'm not here, you know, trying to get some kind of compensation. I'm not here for anything except for the fact that I just wanna be regular again. How is that so hard? So then um, from there, as you, as you know, I was in my MBA program and they cut off all of my, my benefits. Yes, yes. So my mentor at the time said, hey, um, have, you, have you talked to, to the media? I'm like, no, why would I? 
And they were like, this is, this is really big. You should talk to the media. I'm like, no, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get the media involved. I don't, you know, so we got the media involved because they were going to cut me out of my, my program. And, um, I was already a year in and to be cut off out of an MBA program. Come on. You know, that's, that's something that I wanted so badly. So it ended up becoming national news. So now I started receiving a bunch of, you know, notifications, people were sympathizing, so on and so forth, but still nobody could help me, you know, and this was a. I mean, you couldn't go back to the original VA office that issued the death, your, your death statement? Nothing. I mean, like. Did, did, you, ever, did you find out at this point in time, did you know where this originated from? Nothing. No, nobody would give me information. Nobody was giving me any information. And I mean, like, you would think that the Social Security office would be the, the place to go. Yes? Right. No. They were like, we we don't know what to do, and we don't have a timeline. What do you mean? You know? And I'm like, so what am I supposed to do now? I don't know. These are the answers that they were giving me. Can I speak to your manager? They're on break. Uh. Okay, I'll wait. You're going to wait for a while. <laughs> These were literally the answers I was given, you know, and then I ended up getting in contact with an attorney that would give me bits and pieces of information. And his his was based on, you know, just being law enforcement because, you know, I was law enforcement. And he stated, what would an officer do if they pulled you over and you're holding law enforcement credentials? but you're deceased, what would they do? And I'm like, and then he's like, you're impersonating a law enforcement officer that is now deceased. You're going to the same penitentiary that you work at. You're gonna be locked up. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is, this is too much to swallow right now. And he said, well, you need to fix this right now. So. I talked to my job. I said, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And they said, all right, we're going to we're pulling you out of this situation, you know, and they they put me in another position. until everything was cleared up, you know, which was rough because I'm over here. You know, I'm progressing in my career. You know, I'm moving fast and now I'm getting stops everywhere, you know, and, you know, I, I give thanks to this to, to this individual every single interview that I have. But. You know, throughout my process, I reached out to, I don't know, 50 or 100 attorneys. And this this person, this man, he called me. And at this point, I was desperate. I was really, really desperate that I was like, you know, any bit of advice. I was doing research. I was everything. Nothing. And this person called me. and He said, I'm not going to give you my name. I'm not going to give you who I work for. I'm not going to give you any information. I'm just going to tell you this. If this was to happen as a law enforcement officer, how would you handle this? And he broke it down in law enforcement terminology. And I'm like, well, that means this, and this means that. And then he goes, okay, so how would you handle it? And I'm like, okay, so I would file paperwork in order to, to make this happen. And he goes, okay, so why are you not doing that? And I'm like, okay, well, at this point, I'm like, who the hell am I talking to? And what's going on? This is starting to sound like a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, this is so freaking bizarre, but whatever he's telling me is making sense. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, how can I reach you once everything? He's like, you're never going to hear from me again. And that was the last time I got the call. 
That was the last, and I star 69. I tried, you know, I tried every way possible to try to get his number back, nothing. So I was like, all right, this is weird. Let me try it anyway. So I started filing tort claims to every single agency, every single department, whoever I can, whoever I can find their address to, I started filing tort claims to every single person for, you know, th the most insane things, you know, um, at that time I was going through um, health issues because you know, I take medication for my lungs and the VA provides them. Now, there was a time that the VA cut it off completely and said, you know, you're deceased. So who are you? You know, and I, and I went through a battle with them to the point that, you know, the doctor that I was working with had to step in and say, no, this is my patient. You know, and he had to provide me the medication specifically. Yeah. So, you know, the information that he was telling me made perfect sense. So now I'm starting to file the most bizarre things that you could think of, you know, and it's like, I think one of the things that I, I put in there was like attempted murder. And you wouldn't think of that. And I wouldn't think of that. But because I filed for it on a, a tort claim, they pushed it along extremely fast because they're like, who is this person? Now we're getting alerts. Now what's happening? So now I started becoming, you know, a priority and things started moving along. And it took like two years before everything came together. But, you know, I got my life back. You know, where you filed, you were you, you charged someone with attempted murder of you. I filed, I filed the tort claims. You know, I was filing tort claims for everything because now I wasn't getting the medicine that would keep me alive. I, I literally have to take this every day so it'll keep me alive, you know, so I can breathe properly. So I was filing the most bizarre things, but it wasn't, you know, for any compensation. It was to get it fixed, you know, and that was the goal. So I didn't I didn't care about, you know, winning anything. I, I, I wanted to win my life. Right. So that was the goal. I made it happen. And along the process, I was uh, I was doing my little videos. I was vlogging, and it ended up turning into a documentary. Yeah. So uh, I put it all over social media. I put it all over YouTube, and it went viral. It went absolutely viral, and uh, then it turned into how isn't this a book? And yeah. You found out that since then, since you did all this, though, about 4,200 veterans have gone through the same thing, right? Absolutely. Does yeah. anybody explain why it started? I mean, that's that's the big question I have is that did something come across somebody's desk that said that you had died and or did they think you had died in combat? No. Um, what I was told later on after everything was resolved was around that time frame, there was a huge transition. Um, with whatever system they were working with. And there were glitches throughout the process. And so I guess veterans were falling off and veterans were coming back on, but they were able to catch it. And they said that I was the 0. 0.0000 whatever percent that ended up completely falling off the map. And I died. But boy, you weren't a point zero 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 because there's forty two hundred of you that fell off the map, right? Yeah. And, and, do you know if there was ever any disciplinary action taken against whoever caused this glitch? 
No idea. No idea. And honestly, you know, when you're when you're in that mindset, when you're when you're there, when you're living that moment and when you're as desperate as I was, you, you don't even care. You don't. I mean, like everything that you have worked for, everything that you bust your butt for is now being stripped away from you because of what? Somebody's mistake. And like I said, I just wanted my life back. I didn't even care. I, I you know. I didn't care about anything that came after that, except for the fact that, you know, I wanted to be alive. You know, I wanted to continue my journey, my path in life. And that was just it. Well, yeah, the book is called Dead Soldier, yeah. uh, History of the Living. It's out right now. People can get a copy of it on uh, Amazon, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. So right now I'm a top seller on Amazon and um I contracted with uh, Barnes and Nobles, but for some reason, like it keeps getting sold out. So that's that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's a really good thing. And I mean, the more and more I'm sure you tell a story, uh, has it helped? Uh, do you, I'm sure you have other veterans that have reached out to you and said, "Look, I'm in the same boat. How do I get out of this?" Yes, uh, believe it or not, it's not it's not so much of the same story or the same boat, but a lot of veterans are going through significant struggles of their own. And the story, you know, I go into re real detail. I mean, we're having the interview, but I, I go into real detail in my book on how I actually struggled, you know, and I go through my, my PTSD process. I go through, you know, when I was at my lowest points, I was having nightmares every single night to the point that, you know, sleeping was not an option. You know, eating was not an option. It was like, I need to figure out how to fix this. And I became obsessed, you know? so. I went through like a real a real life struggle that most individuals or most veterans would just tap out. You know, that's where that that whole that whole idea of 22, you know, uh soldiers or veterans and committing suicide. I could have been a statistic because I was that low in my life. You know, I was I lost everything. You know, the only person at the time that was keeping me at bay was uh my son and I was about to lose my son. You know, my back was literally against the wall. I mean, look, look I got I to gotta back up a little bit in your story. So when you, you got the notice that yes. you, were, you were getting VA benefits and you were also employed, yes. so you didn't lose your paycheck initially. But so the first three or four months, at least you have money to live off of. But I, I'm sure you were trying to get time off from work to be able to go and try to take care of some of this. Mm. And that had to be extremely difficult. And then, I mean, what was the what was the first thing that clicked that said, "Okay, you're not dead"? What was the first? What was the first officer that said, "Oh, got it, you're not really dead"? Yes, it was. It was actually. Uh, it was the VA. Well, why didn't they fix it for you then? If they knew you were dead, exactly. You know, and and this is uh this is an ongoing issue that that most veterans have and i guess this is this is a an issue within their own network is nothing is connected nothing is connected within you know each other you know it's it's a big administration but nothing is connected so one office is just one office and then the next office is is the next office you know and in order to get a bit of information from here to there it's a struggle. You know, it's, it's, it's an actual battle. 
Did they? Did you get say to them? Look, the, the officer said, "Okay, you're not dead." I would have said, "Write me a letter right now on VA letterhead that says I am alive." <laughs> write that. <laughs> write that right now. Put my name, social security number, put a picture of me. Write yeah. that right now, so everywhere I go, I can show them that the VA and and then also notarize it so that the VA says I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Did they want to do that for you? No, nothing, nothing. And that was so bizarre. That and that's the that's the process. That's the that was the problem. Is you know they were they would take care of their little bit, and they're like, okay, you're good, and that's it. And I'm like, wait, but I still have all of this. Like, we took care of our part. And they just backed up. And then, well, okay, so what did the Social Security finally say? At the, I think they were the last agency who cleared me. And when they finally cleared me, they're, they are the ones who sent me the notice. And the notice that said, what, you're alive? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, by the time that I got the notice, I was like, I already cleared everything up by myself, you know? And they were like, oh, in case it happens and in case anything does uh, come out in the future. And now I'm like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> so, you know, you might 20 years from now find out when you apply for benefits, they may say, you know, you've been dead for the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I get my, when I'm applying for a social security check and they're like, no, 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 man. No, no, no. Yeah. That's insane. So now, now you obviously you're sharing custody with your ex for your child. Yes. Yes. And uh, at least he knows you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just glad that everything everything got taken care of, you know, more than anything else. But you said you said something that that, that threw me is like about six months ago. You still couldn't get a credit check, right? Yeah. Um, so so when that when that arrives, when now that that happens, now I just send them the Social Security, you know, paperwork, and everything gets cleared up on that end. But every now and then things are still ping, you know, but it's not as serious as, a, as it once was, you know, because you know, like I said, at one point in time, you know, this was a, a real deal that I had no way to fix. And now I have, you know, all this information, the full trail, just in case anything does come around. So from 2016 to 2018, you were literally like walking zombie, no, not a real human being, right? Yes. Last and, year. What I, and, and what I did, that's why I did the vlog. And I showed, you know, um, I showed that I showed some highs as well as the lows. But it was based on, you know, whatever I wanted the whatever I wanted the viewers to see. And it was like, uh, I think it was called uh, Life of a Dead Man. And, you know, I, it would show my my low points and the struggles that I was going through. But then it would show, look, I'm still alive and I'm still living my life so on and so forth, you know, but that's what I wanted the viewers to see. And then, you know, like I said, once it went viral, that's when it started, you know, how isn't this a book? And then that's when, you know, I was journaling at the time, at the same time that I was going through it, because I really wanted to put in, you know, how I was feeling in my notebook, you know, um, outside of just the videos. So I really went in depth on what was going on with my life. and when it came down to actually publishing, I felt, I was like having an anxiety attack. Cause I was like, man, now the world is really gonna see me. Now they're gonna understand. Mm-hmm. So I published and 
it blew up. I think in like a day or two, I ended up selling out in multiple places. And I was like, oh my God, this is really, really happening. You know, and it's been a, a constant process back and forth to the point that my fans started reaching out once more and said, I was into some movie. Right. I was going to ask that next question. So is this going to be turned into a movie? Yes, it is. It's on, it's uh, on a cusp. It's, it's getting done, <laughs> getting written or what? It's, it's, it's in the process right now. We've already uh, started working on uh, the actual film itself. So yeah, look out for it. Uh, come look out for the trailer come uh, June, July. Excellent. Excellent. And it'll probably, do you know you're going to be on Netflix or are you going to do a theatrical release? What are you going to do? I can't really say. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but it's coming. It is coming. And it's going to be really, really, really good. So tell me about what's going on with the rest of your life now. So now that you have your life back and you're back in the world of living, what are you up to? So um, once, I, once I published that book and I realized all of the accomplishments that I've made, I've decided to, to venture off into actually you know, writing more books. So I've successfully published six books, you know, and um, I really wasn't sure what I was good at. So I bounced around for a little bit, but it always came back to my first book. So the first book was, was a journey for me. And then I ventured off into a children, a child's book, um, just to see you know, how that felt. And then I ventured off back into the first book, but I put out all of the lessons that I learned and the motivational tips that helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. And then once again, I ventured off into something else. And then I came back for my sixth book, which I published is called Just Write the Book. And that one is based off of you know everything along the way to this point. And it shows all of my successes, all of my highs, all of my lows. And by me actually publishing and turning this into a story, this is what, it, what became of me. Hmm. So it's, it's a great journey. So now you know, you, the, the book is set to be filmed in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Um, and um, is it in the filming process as we speak? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and what, I mean, you identify the fact that you are one of 4,200 people who have been misdiagnosed or missed, missed, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Not misdiagnosed, it's uh, misrepresented as being dead. Yes. Um, are, are, those, are those others having, or have you reached out to some of the others to find out you know, I mean, how difficult it's been for them to claim their lives back again? Yes, I've reached out to, to multiple, and and like I said, um, it was a there's a lot of back and forth, and some of those individuals they don't they don't even want to entertain a conversation, but the ones that do, they have their own stories, they have their own you know little journeys that they went through in order to you know get their 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 paperwork taken care of, you know, and. You know, once they heard my story, that's when they became a bit more vocal. And that's when, you know, they were willing to have the conversation with me. And they're like, you know, I went through all of this, but you went through a lot. You know, like, why didn't you do this? I'm like, I did. I'm like, holy crap. And then what happened here? You know, and then it became, you know, you had your own like little bond amongst each other because, you know, 
all of you guys went through this horrible situation, but you all came out of it. Do you think the VA has learned anything from your experience or are they just, whatever, we're done with you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really? Like, I mean, I do some, I, I, I try to do some work with them right now on various issues. I'm trying to work through, you know, a protocol that is a cure for PTSD that has now been validated and certified as one. Mm-hmm. But I've been really finding it just as, probably as onerous as you have found getting your life back. It's that way, just trying to break down some of the doors to get them to stop and listen. It's like, it's almost like that's a a bureaucracy filled with bureaucrats that um, literally are only in existence for themselves, not really for what they are there to do. And that's to serve you. Yes. And um, I would say in a sense, you know, there's so many programs that are out there. But there's only so much, I guess, funding. So with that being said, if you're not being able to fund it yourself or if you can't fundraise enough money to, you know, help as many people as you can, you know, you're kind of, you know, stuck. You're kind of in the bind. So how many people can you help? I mean, you can say, hey, you have services or you have this or you have that. But if you don't have the funding for it, you know, you're kind of just stuck. And that's that's what I've come across a lot. You know, is that there's so many programs out there, so many great, great, great programs, but people get stuck on how are we going to fund this? You know? Yeah. Well, the book is called, again, Dead Soldier, Story of the Living. If people wanted to get a copy of it, where do they go? They can go to Barnes and Nobles. They can go to Amazon. Um, Actually, you can just Google me at this point because I'm on multiple platforms. Gotcha. Okay. And you, are you still currently doing a, a, a podcast or a blog? Um, I'm still blogging. You know, I'm still working with, uh, with veterans um, in multiple programs, you know, even if it's on a, a one-on-one basis, you know, um, I do whatever I can, you know, wherever I can, you know, at this point. So are you still involved in the penal system? Yes. 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 Good. Okay. All right. Good. Well, man, I tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And I mean, I, I, I am, st- uh, blo- I'm going to have to go get a copy of the book so I can read through it because I'm just, just sitting here really blown away. Yeah. Of how hard this was for you to get your life back. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, initially, initially I was, I was frequently told, Hey, you know, this is a conspiracy theory. This is just some dude trying to get attention. But once I started, you know, putting documents out there. And once I put the documents into the book, that's when people were like, holy crap, this is real, you know, and how is this really happening? You know, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope the light that you've shined on it helps others who have been caught up in the same position to get their lives back. Also, Camelo, um, I thank you so much for being a part of Free Thinking Today, sir. Wish you well, wish you luck. Um, I know that you're on the path to success because you've now found your true calling and that is as a writer. So congratulations on that. And, um, you know, anything we can do anytime, if you ever want to come back when the movie's ready to come out, I'd love to have you back on so we can kind of talk a little bit more about it. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. If there was one piece of advice that you would give people who are caught up in what seems to be an insurmountable, you know, uh, situation, what would it be? Um, speak up, get the help that you need. You know, I tell, I tell a lot of veterans, 
um, and this is something that I, I preach because I know that, you know, it works is, you know, uh, PTSD is real. And I understand that I understand, you know, real trials, real tribulations, but you do not only have a veteran community that can help you. You have people that actually have gone through trials and tribulations themselves in life that can relate. So, I was just saying, do you think that one person that that uh, called you and got on the phone and gave you that advice to begin with, do you think that was a veteran? I don't know, but blessings, huh? Blessings. Blessings. I have no idea, but it was blessings nonetheless. Have they reached out to you since now that this is all cleared up? No. No, it's so weird, and and I I do the I do the thanks every time I get on any kind of interview, or any kind of podcast, and you know, still nothing. All right, my friend. Well, you know, we'll shout out to that anonymous helper and let them know that they help you get your life back. And again, you know, the the book is called Dead Soldier. Dead Soldier, Story of the Living. Story of the Living. You can go ahead and get a copy of it right now on Amazon or you can go to Barnes & Noble and Barnes & Noble hopefully near you will have one, but it's a hot property, so it may have been sold out already, but go ahead and keep trying. You're going to have to go online. That's the easiest way right now. Jesus Wade. Okay. All right, Camilla. Well, thank you again so much. Thanks for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel. Thank you all for tuning in today and make sure you catch the next Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Free Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear feedback, so please send us your comments.